And we're here to blab about our favorite books, why we love them, and the book boyfriends we wish were real. And we're back for another episode. Welcome. We're thrilled you're here. I'm Valia. I'm Tess. I'm Kristen. I'm Allison. Yeah, and this is our tropes episode. So you guys know I geek out over those all the time. And I'm really excited to talk about this one. Um, but yeah, first of all, how's everybody doing today? Very good. Loving the wonderful. sunshine. So yeah, wonderful. we have sunshine here. <laughs> and so I'm in England, as is maybe <laughs> obvious by my accent. And whenever the sun comes out and it gets hot, and by hot, I mean like 20 centigrade, <laughs> which is about like 68 Fahrenheit. So positively cold by Volia's standards. Um, but whenever um, it no, gets it's hot... like my top notch <laughs> weather. But anyway... <laughs> Okay, by Arizona standards. <laughs> yes, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> so whenever it gets nice like this in the UK, everyone goes crazy because we're like, this is it. This might be the only week of summer we get. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we've been like crazily putting things in the garden and trying to get everything out and going outside <laughs> and spending loads of time outdoors. So it's been really nice to have some sunny weather. Yeah, we've had sunny weather for so you long. You want some rain? <laughs> Send me some rain. <laughs> forever you just like you live in the summer i know i do i really do but you know what having a pool just makes all the difference in arizona so there is that and my tan is coming in nicely because i actually tan really (laughs) easily and nicely so i'm very excited about that nice (laughs) it's the little things you guys okay it's the little things that's okay a pool is pretty cool no one has pools here unless you're like extremely rich and can like afford to heat it all year round or to you know literally only have it for like (laughs) two weeks of the year (laughs) yeah that's true I mean I've never like even imagined living somewhere where I would have a pool you know I grew up in Russia so it's like that's not something anybody has (laughs) we go swim in the lake you know when we leave the city but yeah, it's kind of sometimes when you like think back about it, it's it's weird because like I would have probably never driven a car when I was in Russia either because you had to be rich and also like there's public transportation coming out of like every everything like you could think of like there's so many public transportation opportunities to like I don't know there's mm-hmm. five that I can think of straight off the top of my head that was like right outside my door so it's like (laughs) you really don't need to you know in a city and stuff but it's just like little things like that that you don't never think about that now it's just part of life it's like normal stuff cool okay (laughs) we'll accept that chilled by the pool top of the tan (laughs) yeah exactly you know sounds so nice right and i've been doing dictation while i'm by the pool so i'm still (gasps) working while i'm not working (laughs) What a great way to work. I know, right? Anyway, Kristen, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Um, we just had a flyover, like some jets flew over, so it was really loud. Oh, we didn't hear <laughs> I tried to mute Did it. I tried to, yeah. Oh. I was like, wow, it's going to be so loud. <laughs> yeah, it's unusual. Fun stuff. So that's it? That's that's all we got going on? 
Ooh, no, I have stuff going on. In the regular uh, theme of things I talk about, I got a subscription to PBS Masterpiece Channel or whatever, so I could watch even more Regency shows. Uh, And this all came about because I watched a show, I think it's set in the Victorian era, it was on Stars, and I already know that Stars tends to have a little bit more of like the bittersweet period pieces. Mm Um, so I watched Death and Nightingales and I did not like it at all. I did not like it. I was at, at the last episode. It's a three-part miniseries. And at the last episode, I was like, You're, there's another episode, right? Because that wasn't an ending. There was no ending. And I like looked it up online. Like, no, it's a three-part miniseries. That was the ending. It was really like bittersweet, I guess. I don't know. I didn't like it. I thought it was boring. And I was like, you know what I need right now? I need some feel good period pieces <laughs> in my life. And I want to watch all of them. And I had like seen an ad for another period piece that looked really good. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go because, okay, Amazon Prime already has like some pretty good ones you can watch with your Prime mm-hmm. subscription, which I have. Um, but like you get even more with the PBS. I love PBS Masterpiece, <laughs> guys. I love it yeah. so much. So I finally subscribed to that. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to watch Death and Nightingales ever again or recommend it to anybody, but I'm going to watch Death Comes to Pemberley. There you go. (laughs) It was great because it had the same actor, one of the same actors that was in Death and Nightingales, but like his character was Mr. Darcy. Yeah. So it was great. And I liked that one. It wasn't as like romantic, um, quite as romantic or feel goody as like a, you know, a typical Jane Austen, Mm -hmm. like actual uh, book to show adaptation, but it was enjoyable. And I was like, that's what I wanted. (laughs) I wanted something a little more like that. And now I'm going to be... I have, I made a list, I made a physical list of all the Regency and like Victorian era feel good period pieces that I need to watch and some ones that I'm not sure if they're going to make me feel good, but look like they'll probably be enjoyable. So that's going to be my life for a while now. (laughs) Did you watch uh, Little Dorrit? No, but that's on my, that was recommended on the, like I did a bunch of research on like the best period pieces I could watch and I wrote that. Oh, I watched that with my kiddo. Like, so it was like our special time together so I sent the other kids to bed and he and I would stay up and watch that and it was really fun for me because since we're grown-ups and we've learned a lot more about um English lifestyle and history Mm -hmm. and whatnot so and but it's completely foreign to him so it none of it made sense so I would pause it like every seven minutes and explain to him what was going on and he put up with it he tolerated it because he got to stay up late with me and that was a special treat (laughs) so we would have like either ice cream or popcorn like a snack and it was him and I and I would pause every seven minutes and explain to him English old English society and he's like why would they do that none of this makes sense and I'm like I know I'm intrigued so what so what are you explaining to him well like you can't (laughs) So like if you're, so um, I don't think this is a big spoiler, um, but one of the characters is in debtor's prison. So explaining okay. debtor's prison and, and why it works that way and how it works, it, it, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Cause if you put someone in prison who owes money, they can't, they can't pay make any money. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so it's, and, and then also just the pure confusion about who, um, because they didn't have computers, and so he hired a, a private investigator. I am <laughs> sorry. I have. I love how old English is. The days before computers. <laughs> that makes me feel so old. Well, like today, because he grew up with computers, right? So I'm like, today you could just yeah. like um, look this information up online or whatever, and and you know, and some of the things that Dickinson talks about are t- are still 
in existence today. So um, paperwork and uh, um, red tape that you have to go through to get government approval mm-hmm. for things. He mocks that so heavily in the story. Um, and it was just interesting because I was like, okay, yeah, that hasn't changed. <laughs> That's the same. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> they have like a circulation office and the visuals of it are um, just tell you, they convey so much. So anyway, mm-hmm. you'll have to tell me when you get to those scenes. I just loved the the cinematography and how they set okay. set some of that up. Ooh. Well, I've got a big list, but I also <laughs> have a lot of uh, determination when it comes to period pieces. So <laughs> I'll probably get to that one eventually. <laughs> so Tess, which is your, of the ones on Amazon Prime, which is your favorite? Oh, you put me on the spot. I'm going to have a heart attack. Um, <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there's so many really good ones. Let me What's like, okay. So I really like this one that was Dr. Something. Dr. The oh, rope, man. I can't like, look these up. And he's the it daughter. Had, um, that's not really his daughter. Yeah. 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 You, did you yes. see that one? That one was really good. It was Dr. Dr. What is it? I what's say it called? Dr. Thorne or Dr. Thorn, yeah, it was like, it was, yeah, I think that's what it was. That one was really cute because it had like the heartwarming romantic ending and it has a lot of the like romance tropes that I love. I really enjoyed that one. There's also a lot of them that like I now own, so I can't remember if they're actually on like Amazon Prime <laughs> or not. Because <laughs> I do end up like, if I really just like enjoy it, then I just end up buying it. <laughs> but there's so many good ones. And there's some good ones on there I haven't, um, I watched like the first episode of Victoria um but then I got like shiny object into something else after that um and I also like I don't know I was I was scared that that one wouldn't be super romantic but it looked I don't know that one might be romantic I don't know we'll see I need to be some romance in my period pieces, yeah exactly <laughs> it's the only way to go because you already have the feels I feel like we just associate that era with like romance and so if you don't have it it's like what <laughs> I, I don't get it. One yeah. of the, I associate it with like with romance and happy endings and like nice yes. comforting mm-hmm. yeah, comfort watching or comfort reading. Um and I kind of feel like that right now. But I have to say that yeah, I wouldn't want the one whatever it was the one you that you said to us which had like that horrible ending. I'm not up for that with that with that particular genre because if mm-hmm. I'm watching that yeah. I want all those kind of warm comforties like a kind of comfort blanket. Yeah, you have expectations, so you have to, they, they have mm-hmm. to be met, okay? Yes. <laughs> I mean, How I probably many times set up my own expectations it? poorly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because it's stars, and I know that yeah. stars, like, I mean, but they do a really good job with the bittersweet ones. I liked all the Philippa Gregory ones, even though I knew those ones. I know how they end, mm-hmm. like, they're, they're historical, like, these bad things happen to these women, and, you know, their love lives aren't always great after they have their, like, romance with the king or whatever but I mean I felt like they still did a really good job but I mean I'm even I even got tired of Outlander just because the subject matter gets so dark Mm. and like just depressing and I just I was there for the romance and it just kept going so I get I quit that one already um but yeah I should have watching the first episode of Death and Nightingales I probably should have been like okay this one's probably not going to like somewhere (laughs) really romantic because it was very dry um pretty dark there wasn't a lot of like lighthearted moments Um, one, but I do feel like there's a lot of really good period pieces that are set, um, in like, you know, 
maybe some darker with some darker subject matter or like are a little bit more serious in tone but still deliver and the one that is my favorite which I've only been able to watch once because all of a sudden it's impossible to find and I just need to like figure out how to find it and buy it is North and oh South. Oh my gosh that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yes, yes North and South is so good and it used to be on um I don't remember what I think it was on Netflix. It was on so Amazon was Prime on for some time too because yeah, yeah it was on there too for mm-hmm. a while and now it's like it's hard to find in the U.S. at least I think it I think it's still easy to find in like the UK, but it's been like impossible to find otherwise. So I just, I need it because mm-hmm. I loved that one. And it had like a little bit of a, like coming from watching like Emma and Pride and Prejudice. And I watched that. I was like, Ooh, this one's a little more like serious in yeah. tone, but it still had but that it's romantic so ending. Oh. oh my gosh. Uh, I haven't, I've not watched North and South. So I've read the book like years ago and I, I liked it. I didn't love it as much. So her um, her other book, Mary Barton, is like one of my favorite like classic novels of all time. Okay. Um, but it is quite depressing. I think. Um, <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. I can't really remember. Um, but yeah. And side note, like I went to her house, like the author's house. Uh, so Elizabeth Gaskell, so where she used to like pen all her novels when I was in Manchester, like months ago yeah and I was like we had an appointment at like the hospital nearby and I was like oh we've got to go and see this house while we're waiting so we kind of went for a walk and like I stood outside it and it was very pretty oh my gosh that's That's so anyway that's a complete aside um no (laughs) (laughs) but I wanted to say so the point I wanted to make was like with historical ones so like the Philippa Gregory ones and books that are kind of like use real life people so like kings and queens and stuff I really love those but I think part of it is because I know what happens in the end. Yeah. So, or, or I will Google it to find out what happened to them. Because they usually always have like a traumatic ending. Like they might get beheaded or like, mm-hmm. Oh my I don't gosh, know. so much beheadings. So many beheadings. <laughs> that was so the thing. I kind of want to know that. And once I know that, then I know where the story's going and I can just relax and enjoy yeah. it and go along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about like, like anything about like Henry Tudor. I love like the, uh, like the story of like his wives. Mm-hmm. I really like the show, The Tudors. Um, but I already, I'd been reading, I, I was like obsessed with Philippa Gregory books for a while. And so I like kind of got like a feel for what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I understood the main points of all of it. So every time I would watch a new um, adaptation or read another like uh, book adaptation of like the story, I knew where it was going to end so I could enjoy the journey and kind of appreciate the more like bittersweet, the more like darker th- turns that happened because like I knew I wasn't reading a love story. So mm-hmm. when there was exactly. romancy things happening, I was like, oh, this is, this is nice. Can't wait to see how it ends. Yes. Well, I think it's like what Valia said. It's all about setting up the reader expectation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to meet those or then it's just not, doesn't end well. (laughs) (laughs) And it's two weeks later and you're still thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're not going to get into that conversation on this podcast. Um, But I think that's like a really fun segue into what we're talking about because we are talking about a different type of a world setting <laughs> I don't know we're just gonna dive into the trope talk now because I I want to talk about it so <laughs> for those of you who are new to our show each week we pick a book with a specific trope and then the following week we discuss it and tell you what the trope is and so each of us read a different book but it kind of follows the same trope which in this case drumroll 
dun 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 is dying or changing world which i wanted to just mention it was a kind of a hard one to really pinpoint because we confuse it with like the dystopian and the post-apocalyptic world because there's a lot of that right like those books are out but you don't really think about like the when it's first happening and you're first seeing the world go through all the changes. Um, So yeah, we're just going to talk about our books and how they fit into this trope, how we think they fit into this trope and have a discussion because... Why not? I'm excited. That's why we're here. That's what we do. Yeah. So Tess is going to start us off with her book. Okay. Well, I read A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. Um, and I picked this one because I, w- I really wanted to see what like a more fantasy take of this theme would be where because I mean a lot of the ones there's so many really like cool exciting ones out there um, where this is like a trope and a lot of it is like pre-apocalyptic and I um, I mean I really love those in like film and stuff like Maze Runner that's like pr- basically that isn't it isn't that like a would you consider that like a dying world? Uh, I mean, the world's like pretty. I think that one is more post. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like it's been dying for a while. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, I wanted something different just because I felt like I had been exposed to the like more apocalypse or pre-apocalypse side through like film, and I thought that was fun. But I'm like, I want to see what like how fantasy handles that. So uh, I tried this one just, and I didn't know that much about it except for that there's supposedly a dying London and I'm like what the heck does that mean a dying London <laughs> okay so um but yeah so it was a, it was pretty interesting this story is about uh yeah there are four Londons and they're basically like parallel realms um they're parallel like realms they're not all parallel reality so it's not parallel earth it's different realms but they all just so happen to have a london mm-hmm. um that's like the one thing that all four realms share and there are there's the gray london which is the london that of our world basically um so it's not magical there's no like inherent magical in gray london there's red london which has lots of magic so magic is very common in red london and that world there's white london which has been infected with um, like this dark magic kind of thing, which comes from Black London. Uh, Black London has already fallen to um, to the magic. So okay. Black London is like, that one's like already dead pretty much. But it's magic is, and I, I don't know, I feel like, I mean, this was only the first book of a series, so I'm sure that the world building is going to pick up. So I didn't quite understand quite all the details about it, but I know that the magic from Black London is infecting the other worlds. So the the worlds closest to Black London in like the parallel universe thingy <laughs> are getting infected first. So White London is next to Black London. That's why it's already infected. Um, and so um, it, so it does like impact the other worlds. And eventually, you know, if like magic from the Black London gets to the other Londons, it can negatively impact. And I didn't really get to see firsthand. So there, there was definitely some like evidence, but I feel like the story is just beginning, Mm -hmm. um, in book one. So I I felt like, you know, I feel like it fit, but I'm wondering if it's going to fit even more and I'll, 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 I'll get to see, uh, a little bit more of like what the repercussions of having like a dying London that is full of magic and infects negatively. Um, so what the story, the story revolves around Kel, who he's basically a magician and he can travel through uh, the different Londons. 
and he ends up with an artifact from Black London. And so it is infected with that dark magic. And he, you know, without spoiling too much, he meets um, a woman named Lila, who's a pickpocket. And they're like, you know, they have like a kind of a meet cute thing where she like tries to steal from him and she ends up stealing the artifact. And like, they have to then like, you know, team up unlikely allies. And, you know, the goal is to get it back to Black London, this artifact. Uh, but there's a whole lot of political stuff going on and there's a lot of, you know, magic-y things happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, like, basically the gist of it. I thought it was really enjoyable to see. Um, it will would be, I you know, I don't know if anyone else has read the full series in this, but, yeah, I'm curious to see how much more that theme of a dying world impacts the storyline for the next few books, which maybe I'll eventually read it. I don't know. I've got a big TBR. So <laughs> I committed to the one book, and I read the one book, and I enjoyed it. I think that's such an interesting concept. I'm just sitting here all impressed with the the story concept. That's impressive. I've been wanting to read um, this series for ages. It's been on my TBR for ages. And I have, I just started. So I'm maybe a quarter of the way through a Darker Shade oh, okay. of Magic. Yeah, so I haven't nice. read the others yet, but I'm quite excited too because I do love her writing. And I love the kind of concept of having these like parallel Londons and what that means. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I like, I really like Lila too, which mm. is funny because I read a bunch of reviews from other readers who were like, oh, I don't like Lila. She's so unrelatable and I don't like her. But like, I love her. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe she's just the right kind of character that I, I, I don't know. I, think, I don't know why people didn't I like her. I think it depends if cool. you kind of like a bit of an anti-hero or a bit of a fighter. Yeah. Like I, I can understand why you like her because I feel like your characters that you write and maybe like a little bit similar in that style. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. They're like feisty, a little, you know, unconventional and like, yeah, I mean, I could, I guess I could see if like, because I mean, it does, it does affect the romance. It's not like super romance, which, you know, I love my romance books, but I feel like this book just didn't really need that. Um, and the amount of romance that they gave me was like, it was good. I liked it. It was enough. But yeah, I, I people, I think people even said that she was like whiny or something. Like, I don't find her to be whiny. She's like pretty... <laughs> I think she's like the opposite and maybe I, maybe I'm just remembering wrong. I feel like she's like the opposite of whiny. Like maybe she's too gung ho. I don't know. I like her. I think she's cool. <laughs> just wait until we get to my book and then that's a whiny character. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Kristen. <coughs> yeah. Wait, is this, yeah, that's pretty interesting. is that her young adult or adult series? I think it's adult. Okay. Because I know yeah, there's a... Yeah, I mean, because Kel's like, he's an adult. And I think Lila's not like... She's like young. 19. I mean, maybe she's like 19. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Because I know she has um, she has that series and there's another series which I think is like fully adult or something like that. Like when they were um, promoting it, I was confused, I think. I think it's this series that I wasn't like, is it adult or is it not? Because I think the other one is, I don't know. Um, and this one's super popular with like the YA mm -hmm. crowd and it, it makes sense yeah. when I read it it has because it has the heist tropes and heist tropes are I mean no I guess I wouldn't say it has the heist tropes but the characters feel especially Lila like she feels like she could have come out of Six of Crows okay. like it has that like you know it it's that anti-hero vibe and yeah. so it felt like it could have fit in well with um some YA stuff but it, yeah it's it definitely more adult. I love me a heist story and some <laughs> pickpockets and thieves. Like I, I think know. those stories are so fun. Yeah, they are. Okay. So what I was thinking of with Dying World was with fantasy is we see this a lot with um, stories with plagues. 
Mm -hmm. right? So um, I, what came to my mind is um, blood oath. So I was reading it and I, I noticed that she says, or the authors, so there's two authors, it's Ray Wagner and Sally, Kelly St. Clair. And right away they tell you, here's why the land's dying. And I just, I loved this intro. Can I read it? And yes. I'll skim some parts. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So it starts out um, with dialogue. What's on the menu tonight, Rin? So we know the character's name right off. Um, and it's, and then she says, I didn't acknowledge him straight away, sliding two hazy tankards of Dider's brew to a couple men still too young to be enlisted. So we know right away what her name is, that there's probably a war. And then the next part is, um, she's like, what's, what's on the menu? Um, and she's like, what do you think's on the menu? That's what she says to the guy who's heckling her. And he, he held up his stump of an arm with a drunken grin, replied, roasted chicken, grilled mutton. A burst of uproarious laughter followed his quip. So basically, he's probably lost part of his arm in this war. And they're laughing because there's no like good food to be had. Um, and it says chicken or mutton after two generations of famine. And then she calls back potato stew. And her stomach is rumbling as she's talking. So we know she's hungry. And she says, um, talk of meat made me ravenous, even though I ate better than most in harvest, harvest zone seven, thanks to my mother's green thumb. So when she says harvest zone seven, what do you guys think of? Like the hunger Just games? Yeah. I think of hunger games. So, it's not a, so there's a couple other things here that have a little bit of hunger games vibe. It is not a hunger games story, but hunger games is this post-apocalyptic type vibe, right? So she, they're pulling some of that in with some of the language. Um, and okay. So then this next part, it goes right into why the world is dying. So she says, ever since the king started hunting land healers, the Phaeton, 90 years ago, the land has been dying slowly, but surely. He'd hunted them become, because he wanted to live forever and allegedly drank their blood to do so. The Phaeton had been extinct for almost two decades and the famine, famine worsened every year without their magic. So then right here we see th this is why they've died is the king has killed the, um, the Phaeton and the Phaeton are land healers. So without them, their land is dying. And then it goes into um, how the, the peasants work really hard to get food, but the peasants have to feed, you know, the army and the other um, parts mm -hmm. of the kingdom. And so they get what is left, which is primarily potatoes. Um, so anyway, I thought that this was a really good in intro because we get right pulled into, we're in this, we get a little bit of Hunger Game vibes. We know there's a war. We know there's a king that he's evil. And that the people, the creatures, the magical um, species or people who were to heal the land are, they no longer exist. And so their land is um, basically void of nutrients and it can't grow. So then from there, it just grows and grows and grows as far as the plot. And it, I feel like this book does such a good job of hooking you and, and pulling you right into the story um, and just layering with like these um, more bigger and bigger and bigger problems and bigger and bigger hooks so this first one where you know the world is dying it's like right on page two and you know why and so it's not um you know a mystery as to why necessarily so they can move on to bigger mysteries and bigger hooks with the story and I just thought it was brilliantly done mm -hmm. and I think it's a very good example of a fantasy 
dying world, which is um, with plague. And we see plague, like I wrote plague in my book, The Lilac Plague. Mm -hmm. And then, (laughs) right, right on the nose there. And then um, like fire blood has plague in it. And I think a lot, a lot of fantasy stories will use plague to have, but, you know, for different reasons. So in this one with Blood Oath, you find out right off the bat why the land's dying. And in my story and in um, Fire Blood by Jeff Wheeler, those take a little bit longer for you to find out. I think you find out in mine, like by the sixth chapter. And okay. with Jeff's, I think it is um, probably about that same. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, great. I, I love I love Dying World Plague stories, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds really good. That sounded like a really good like hook. I like how there was so much information mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like delivered without that like old timey classic fantasy where it's like long, long ago. Mm-hmm. There right. was a yeah. great threat from the evil king. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the older books were so classic when they did that. But I love seeing creative ways of get, like reading information mm-hmm. really quick mm-hmm. where it's like not and it's right. just this dry delivery. Yes. It's really clever and it sucks you into the story in like an active way. Yes. As a reader, I love that. And the voice is really uh, modern. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. high fantasy. It is a high fantasy um, and it has dragons and all the things. But the voice of it feels very almost, I'm not going to say paranormal romance modern, but pretty much. Mo- I feel like it but kind maybe. of bridges that gap. Yeah, I think yeah. so because I, that's the majority of what I read, right? Like I don't read mm-hmm. a lot of high fantasy that's like high fantasy, high fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I like remember flying through that book because I think of the voice, the way it's written. Mm-hmm. It's not like bogging you down with information which is per- like the what you you saw you know showed that perfectly with that um introduction because you see like the characters and them interacting or the, the main character interacting and have the information about the world like right off the bat without it mm-hmm. being like like Tess said <laughs> five pages of <laughs> one sentence you know <laughs> I feel like she did or they did such a good job because you do have to read between the lines right mm-hmm. like uh, too young yeah. to be enlisted he listed he lifted his stump of an arm so you have to read between the lines that there's a war but if you even if you didn't get it you would get it through um more of the reading like the longer you read yeah, yeah. the more that would become super obvious i yeah. don't know i just thought it was really well done yeah they do i that's like a power team I really like that those books a lot because I thought that they did like such a good job with that same I hope they write something together again yeah me too also dragons (laughs) that's a good dragons book (laughs) it is does that book have some good romance I feel like I've heard oh yeah oh yeah so it was written in 2017 so it's like four years old now but it's still it it was one of the indie books um, that I really enjoyed that I saw cross over to the mainstream. So a lot of people who only read trad books read this book. And I think because the romance is so well done, mm-hmm. um, the romantic tension is off the charts. And, um, you know, you have to have a reason like a wall, why their characters can't be together. And the walls that they throw up for these two characters is they're really good. They're not like, oh, we can have one conversation and it will solve all our problems. They're really, <laughs> they're really critical walls. And so because they care about each other, they overcome, you know, every, they co- overcome every obstacle, but then there'll be another bigger obstacle, of course. So that's keeping them apart. But yeah, it's a, it's a, I would say um, definitely a lot of romance. 
Yeah, it's very. I'm gonna put get this do. one up in my TBR. Yes, definitely, <laughs> and I do think that it's very believable in what they go through. Like it's mm-hmm. a fantastical world with fantastical mm-hmm. problems, but you still see like, I don't know. I guess that you can relate to the main character and mm-hmm. to like the love, uh, the love story as well, which I think is like the perfect balance when it comes to fantasy books. Mm-hmm. And I think they did it really, really well with this series. So yeah, you can Tess, see both. Sides. You got to read it. <laughs> how, okay. So guess how long this book is. Is it a million pages long? Because I don't like long books. I want, I want <laughs> Alia to guess. I, me to guess? Yeah. Do I mean, I read it. Like just like um, guess, like how long do you think it would be? Oh, like, 85,000 words. Yeah. So when I read it, because I, I read it so fast, I was like, oh, it's like 50, 60,000 words. No, it was like 90. Okay. And I didn't realize okay. that until That's later. my sweet spot. Yeah. I didn't I realize that. it. That's the size of book I like. You, yeah. It went, man. But it goes I, really fast. Like you it don't does, realize it. It goes so fast. Just be prepared to, um, like if you have a couple of late nights or a long weekend, you know, like read it then because you won't. <laughs> You won't get a lot of sleep. Also, you need to read book two right after. I felt like I waited too long. I was like angsty for like three weeks in between. Yeah. Yeah. You (laughs) want to read read the whole series. I'm like so excited now. I mean, because I've seen it recommended so many times, but there's like, this is a demonstration of the power of a personal recommendation by your bookish (laughs) friends. Yeah. Because hearing you guys talk about it makes me sound like this is right up my alley. I always tell people who want to learn to write better romance. I'm like, if you you want an example of a really good romance and they do fade to black. So there's no, just so in case readers want more steam, you'll be disappointed. It has really, really great romantic tension and has um, fade to black there's really not a lot of I like me some fade to black yeah. I like the, it's all about the angst for me mm-hmm. I like the angst and the lead the lead up yeah the, there's the that yes. they did that so it well like it's so, so good. much yeah. that's my favorite part of the like when it comes to steam you guys that's always my favorite part is the angst mm-hmm. and the tension the build up. all the build up yeah. when, when the books have a little too much of like the stuff after I'm like okay that's cool like that's <laughs> enjoyable and I know there's readers I'm not gonna say that you know that's there's anything wrong with that there's yeah, so preference. many readers who want more of the of the after mm-hmm. than not so much the fade <laughs> like any of that and that's fine i enjoy that too but my sweet spot if you give me all that angst and tension and lead up mm-hmm. mm, i'm gonna like that book. yeah this is <laughs> this is a good one to read and to you know study and be like you know how did they because i've actually read this book many times and when i was reading it again for this podcast i was like dang this is so good like there's so many (laughs) things that they did so well in the series it's just yeah i hope they do another one together she like takes out her notebook that's like you know 50 million pages long let me add more notes to this (laughs) tell me so well yeah Yeah, i am i'm on the verge of, of like being like hey you guys should write something else don't disappoint me yeah i'm like the i'm so mean i won't i'll just tell them that in this podcast yeah but i also think that ray just in general does romance really well Mm -hmm. in like all of her books that i've read or even like the other um combination of books that didn't happen (laughs) that only the two books came out which was my favorite Mm -hmm. i i thought the romance and that was really well done too so i think what she does really well is emotion yeah oh yeah that's really probably well. what it is yeah yeah but dang yes, you Rita. ray wagner that makes <laughs> <know>. me cry <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great compliment i want it people is. to tell me that i make them cry with my books yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> In bad ways and good ways. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Tess, you can read it and report back to us. Okay. Sounds great. Allison, you read something that I'm really excited that you read. (laughs) (laughs) And we somehow have to talk about without spoilers. So I read the fifth season by N.K. Jemisin, which I was so excited to read because this is literally, the book has been on my bookshelf for, I think, like three years maybe. Like my dad read it and he's like, I think you'll really like this book. Here, have my copy. And I was like, oh yeah. And literally like it's been on my TBR every month for about the past two years. <laughs> and I basically needed an excuse to like bump it up to the top. So this was like yeah. a perfect excuse. And You're I welcome. think... <laughs> 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 you, <laughs> but I think when I first saw the topic for this, like this trope, I really struggled because like I read a lot of dystopia and a lot of post apoc. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was like, is that really dying world? And I'm just going to read this like really short quote from the start of the fifth season, because I think this is what describes the difference between this book and the books I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. So the quote is, when we say the world has ended, it's usually a lie because the planet is just fine. But this is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends for the last time. And that's the intro. Ooh. That's like the end of the prologue. That gave me chills. And it's, oh, I know. And I read that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to read this. <laughs> <laughs> and and so and and I think that's what like what made this book for me is it's actually dealing with the kind of like the earth itself kind of dying rather than mm-hmm. something well something we as like. I don't know, in most apocalyptic things, it's like a plague we've done or like an EMP or, um, you know, something has gone wrong or like we've nuked different countries so much right, that we destroyed right. the world. Anyway, so this is, so it's a fantasy book. So it's um, set in this like land called the stillness and the end of the world it's talking about or the kind of scenario, I guess, is like tectonic activity. So it's like these huge volcanic eruptions. So when it talks about the fifth season, Obviously, you have like your normal kind of four seasons, but the fifth season is what happens when um, like you have a massive volcanic eruption and the ash and uh, the fallout from that volcanic eruption basically creates this blanket layer which stops the sun coming through, which destroys all the crops and ash falls and it kills everyone. And, And it's like it is a different climate. It creates a whole climatic shift. And what I really love is that you know, that has happened on this world too. You know, we have had massive volcanic eruptions in the past. Sorry, I'm a geographer by training. So. <laughs> you can see why I'm geeking this out. Book. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but literally, like, when you look back at the history and, like, the eruption of, say, Krakatoa, and people literally thought the world was ending when they saw that. And for a lot of people, it did end because, you know, it caused, like, massive mm-hmm. famine and, you know, it killed so many people. So many people died of starvation. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, not just through the kind of injury and disease or whatever. Um, so I really, I really like the fact that it took something that does happen on earth and it's put it in this fantasy setting. Um, so, and the, the other thing I love, well, there's so many things I love about this book, but anyway, another thing. (laughs) (laughs) So it actually, it starts at the end so that there is a bit of like shifting without giving too many spoilers, there's a bit of shifting around in terms of timeline within the book and actually the the world building in it is so good but it's really not upfront and it took me quite a while to get into the book and to figure out what was going on and it's the kind of book where I got to the end and I was like right I need to go 
back to the beginning mm-hmm. and read it again. And actually, I'm literally looking at page one. So like the first page of chapter one here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> like that foreshadowing that you just like glance over as you start reading through it. I'm like, oh, I'm, I can now, having been to the end and coming back to the beginning, can read so much more into that and understand it a lot more mm-hmm. so yeah so it is amazing it's obviously amazingly written um you know it's won loads of prizes and everything um and in terms of the actual kind of plot so as i said it jumps about a bit but it deals with this kind of cataclysmic sort of eruption um sort of a combination of earthquakes tectonic activity breaking of the earth so the, the planet is literally like breaking apart um, and it starts with this this lady who is um, an origin. So this is the other, this is, I guess, the f- more fantasy element of it, is that you have these people who can actually control seismic activity. So they can, um, they can create earthquakes, but they can also still them. Um, so they can kind of help mitigate the effects, I guess, of these kind of eruptions, or they can make things worse. Um, and so it follows kind of her story going through, which starts at, you know, the end, at the end of the world. And she, I mean, this isn't a big spoiler because it's like in the first chapter. So her son has been killed and she's basically on the hunt for her husband and her daughter. Um, and yeah, it's just brilliant. I'm not going to, I can't really say anymore without giving yeah. spoilers, but <laughs> it's really complex. Um, and it has amazing, amazing world building. Um, and yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's so good. My one of my friends like recommended it to me so many times, and because I don't read high fantasy as a choice, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll read it one of these days. And then I ended up buddy reading it with uh, somebody, and it was like so fun because I buddy read it with an author, and so going through we did the same thing. We would like we would read three chapters at a time, and then we would like talk about oh we need to go back to the very beginning because then like we'll discover something and we're like oh my gosh we need to go back like three chapters back four chapters back there was that mention like we were right because we would like make guesses on what's gonna happen next and stuff and even at the end because it's a trilogy even at the very end we're like we should read book one and like go over these chapters because there's like all this stuff so it's like so well written but it's like when you read it you don't even like you're amazed but you don't even realize like the level of level of amazement until you're done with it and then you're like oh my gosh this was so brilliant like how is this possible anyway so I'm like really excited you read it because it's so good yeah and I think I think it's one of these where I actually want to dive into book two pretty soon so I'm really Mm -hmm. bad for reading the first book in the series and then like moving on to something else because I have so many things like on my list to read but I think for this one I actually kind of want to read it again and then go into book two kind of straight away while it's fresh in my mind um so I kind of remember everything of what happened because I suspect that there's like lots more kind of foreshadowing in this book which kind of comes out in the next book because the ending I mean the ending to the book is not quite clear in a Mm -hmm. sense um, although I do think I need to go back through the book to read it and it will be clearer <laughs> the second time around. Um, but I think that maybe perhaps comes out more in like the rest of the, the series. Yeah, it's really good and very complex. And also I did like that how complex it was, the language of it wasn't over my head. Like sometimes when I read 
fantasy books, even when it's not complicated, like what's happening, the way it's written, I'm like, what? (laughs) I don't understand. And then I'm like, I must be just not smart enough to read this book, you know? And I think that's why I stay away from a lot of super high fantasy books because like the language of it, and I think we talked about this before on a podcast, the language of it is just you know, it's too much for me to digest in the way that I like to because I'm a fast reader and I like to get through stuff fast, you know. Uh, But with this series, I didn't feel that there was never like a chapter where I was like, I don't I mean, I was confused a lot because that's just part of it because there's so much that goes on. But the language didn't make me feel stupid about it because it was just you just (laughs) don't have all the information. So, of course, you're not going to understand everything, you know. Um, yeah, I totally so, agree yeah. with you about that, actually. And I, yeah, I like the same thing in my books. Like, I, I don't want the language to kind of slow down the pacing of the mm-hmm. book for me and the kind of plot on what's happening or, t- t- you know, I don't want to put it down because of that. Um, But no, it was really, it was really well written. And yeah, it, it wasn't like, like there was lots of action and there was really good description, but it was kind of interwoven so that the tension was kind of kept up. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, and the sort of different chapters in different voices helped as well, I think, because it kind of kept your interest and right. you're wondering how all the different events, you know, because with every novel, you have like all these different events in the beginning and towards the end, they all kind of come together, don't they? Yeah. And you kind of figure out what's going on. So yeah, certainly during the first part, I was like, okay, so where is this going and what's this doing and how does this all relate? um yeah it's so good yeah that's the only thing I've ever read by her but I did get her newest which is like the um oh my gosh what's the name of it I can't think of it but it's basically the premise from what I remember is that it's set in New York City and every single borough is a person like actual person and so it's basically about this world where cities are alive and they're represented by people and I think if like one person dies and a different person takes that place of the to become that borough in New York City so it's like she's really good at that like what in the world are you talking about concept but then (laughs) you know puts it together in a way that it's like approachable for anybody who wants to read it so We'll see how what I think about that book, but I'm like really excited to read it and see um, if I have like the same emotions and responses that I did as I did with the fifth season trilogy. Is that one the city we became? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I saw that one and I want to know what you think. I'm super curious. Okay. Did you I read almost, it? No, I almost oh, okay. downloaded it yesterday and I was like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Don't do it. That's funny. Yeah, I have it. It's on my list for, or it's on my list for like this year. Um, so since I'm slowly making my way through those 21 books, I will <laughs> eventually get to it before the end of the year. Did you see Stephanie Meyer has a new book too? No. Yeah, I downloaded it. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> okay. What Oops, is it called? I, I downloaded another one. Hold on, I'll look at I'm like, what is it called? I don't even know. Let me look at my Kindle. Is that the first book she's written since The Host? It's called The Chemist. Oh, that's not it, new. Oh, it isn't? No. That's... I was like, ooh, it's like this thriller. <laughs> I'm going to watch and read it. That's been out for a while, but yes. she. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. It's uh, It has nothing to do with vampires. <laughs> no. 
It's like I mean, I really like the host, so I thought she was like I like I I thought she was like in the when she wrote the host that she was like really progressing as like a mm-hmm. writer and you know making things a little more like you know deep. So maybe I did hear about that, and it's just been so long. It's been it's been out for a while. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another one after the chemist that was a follow up, but I I can't remember that for sure. Oh, you're right. It has um, been out. It's been out since 2016. I don't know. I have never <laughs> even heard. It. I was like, oh, Stephanie has a new book. Because it has nothing to do with her genre. It's like a, it's completely different. (laughs) Yeah. I think it is like a contemporary. I think it's like a sci-fi. Yeah. Or I, from what I remember, I thought it was like a murder mystery, like a police procedural or something. I don't know. (laughs) Interesting. I don't know. But I was like, ooh, a thriller. I'm down for that. You know, heist, (laughs) thriller. I'm down for that. You'll have to let us know how it is when you finish it. When I, yeah. What's like? I just added it, so I have like one hundred other books on my TBR for <laughs> that. Get yeah. back to us in a couple years, right? Then. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I'm like, why am I even downloading this? Download. <laughs> I do it that all the time. Really. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. It was. It was like on sale, so I was like, oh wow. Well, That's yeah. why, because I just saw it on <laughs> sale, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's like the most relatable part of this podcast to all to our listeners is is the amount of books we have on our TBR. We're like, oh my gosh, it's like never ending. And also, yeah. I like love seeing posts of people. We're like, yeah, I'm reading this, and also I added a bunch of books from reading Queen's podcast to my list. I'm like, yes, yes, that's what yes. we want. <laughs> I know. Just... in the never ending TBR. Basically, people will read like a book a day, and I'm so impressed. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous of those people. Me too. too. I don't read that fast. No, I but you still read really time. fast. <laughs> yeah. I do if I read if I'm up until like 7 a.m. and then I'm trashed the next day. I'm like, my husband will be getting up, and I'm like, oh crap, I should have slept. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, funny. Yeah. I've done that. Anyway, we've all done that. um so yeah so let's talk about the book i read i'm the last one out of us four but it's called h2o or actually i can't remember if it's the uk i think the uk is the rain and the u.s is the okay perfect Mm -hmm. i was like i always confuse those two um but it's by virginia Burgeon, and it is a world where the rain can kill you and it does kill you. Not can. It actually does kill you. <laughs> um, so basically, the book starts off as a premise. So it is set in our world, like, you know, the modern, no fantasy world, just regular, regular girl going to a party in the barn in the beginning of the book. And um, then they're like in a hot tub and she's making out with the boys she likes. And suddenly the parents come out and are like, get inside. And, you know, the teenagers, they're all like, all right, crazy old people, what are you doing? but they all go inside and then as they're standing there the boy that she was just making out with ruby who's the main character um starts bleeding and dies because he was out in the rain and that is the beginning of this book wow what an opening <laughs> um, oh, just wow. bam we're there um love interest dead <laughs> the world right, ended <laughs> yeah um so yeah so then it's two weeks later and ruby is all alone and anyone who like touches the rain like you can't stop stand in um you can't stop in any puddles you can't wash your hands with like the running water like anything that is the like the rain you know how it goes everywhere right so any any of that like 
you cannot use. So, um, you know, she has like drinkable water in bottles or something like that. And she's running out. And so she's kind of in this situation where she has to kind of hike across country to find her dad. And she doesn't know if he's alive or dead at this point. And so, yeah, it's, um, it starts up really fast. It's very, um, it's very fast paced in a sense that we are in Ruby's head and yeah, a lot of stuff happens and she tells you about it. And here's the thing, <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, she is one annoying character. <laughs> oh, this is the whiny character. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing though. <laughs> she is a teenager who loves makeup and she loves high heels and she loves accessories. And that's like her whole thing. She's just this like snobby teenage girl that loves all that stuff and then basically the world ends right and she's all by herself and so it's I was thankful that she was still annoying if that makes sense <laughs> because she didn't just automatically like the rain starts killing people and two weeks later she's like this She's apocalypse like <laughs> yeah exactly no she was still like oh i want to really dye my hair so she like goes on this adventure to like steal hair dye from a store because that's <laughs> what she wants to do and i felt like that made her very like relatable to that age group because i mean i would like to think that i would probably be a little bit more on the preservation of my life side but at the same <laughs> time if that was my obsession before the apocalypse happened like i can't see that changing just because I saw some dead bodies you know what I mean so <laughs> I thought that was like even though it made her very unlikable at times a lot of times it also made her very relatable to where she was as a character and it also gave a lot of room for growth which I think she did throughout and so she just has to really learn what is like important in life basically and how to live in this world where any kind of water is dangerous and I mean this is to a point where if you go outside and you like brush against a car or a leaf on the tree that has the rainwater on it like you will get sick and die like that's it so yeah, you I have to... I didn't actually understand how how you just don't die is this set in where is it set is it not set in England is it because it rains all the time in England it like, is you would set in England you would totally I think die. I just yeah, don't no... understand how you cannot come into contact with rainwater like ever Right. So here's the thing. Like when she goes out, like she puts on like a makeshift suit. Yeah, basically. And she like duct tapes things and like, you know, kind of try to don't let any kind of water into her anywhere. And you do kind of have to give way to the fact that this is a book because I would think I would even that protected I would still probably come in contact with it especially in some of the stuff that happens and sometimes it like starts raining I think when she goes to the store one time it does start raining so she has to like get into a car and stay in there for some time until it like passes because you know it's a lot more dangerous obviously when it's raining versus when it's just on the ground and there is um a little bit of that found family aspect later on she actually ends up like coming in contact with this boy who's like this nerdy boy from her school that she like doesn't like and 
I hate so I I hate the way she like treats him sometimes because she's just like you, he should just be lucky that I'm even talking to him and I'm like <laughs> it is the end of the oh world like get over yourself <laughs> <laughs> but in the end like they become kind of a found family there's like a leather little girl that um is like I think he helps and then they end up like all three of them going on this journey and so um it was really interesting to see a world where it's just such a small change in what we're used to, right? Because, like, I love rain, right? So I just want rain all the time. But I'm like, come live in Arizona. You'll be safe. <laughs> like, never rains here. No. Um, but it was such a small thing. It wasn't like the whole earth was, you know, coming apart, like, in the fifth season or whatever. And it wasn't, you know, some big catastrophe that happened it literally rains and the rain suddenly kills people and then you have to just really learn how to live with this one small change and it is a duology so I've read both books and um, I did kind of wish there was more at the end because I still had some you know questions that I wish would have been answered um, but it also is kind of interesting to see how people respond to such a small change that is ends up being so catastrophic and you know you have like your military and your government doing stuff but also you see the way people respond so I don't know it was like a really interesting um read in the sense that it was it was different too that what I'm used to and also I have to mention this it is not based or in any way related to the Netflix show The Rain <laughs> <laughs> which when I was talking to this to somebody else they're like oh it's like the show I'm like no actually the book came out way before the show and the show is not based on the book so I don't know how these two completely different people had the same idea but it happens <laughs> um, but I also really like the show too because I thought that was interesting but I think in the show the rain eventually stops being dangerous and in the books it yeah, doesn't that's right if I remember I only... correctly did I see both? Se I think I only saw one season of the show, but I do remember at one point they're like, oh, look, the rain. It's not. Yeah. It's like we can like dance and frolic in it. And I accidentally pushed you into it. Hope you don't die. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, but then something else bad happens and there's they're they realize they're still in danger. Yeah. There's like more dies. stuff in the rain than just the rain. But in this one, that's yeah. like the, the villain is the rain basically okay. in this one. Um. So, yeah. So I Wait, I have a question. Yeah. So I'm stuck back on right when you started with okay. this. I want to know how they get drinking water. Oh. <laughs> like if they run out of drink, are they, like, you can't live very long with, you're like one small change. I'm like, wait a minute, you will die without drinking and water. And also, so can I just say, if this is said in England, like we do not have like racks and racks and aisles of drinking water, bottled mm -hmm. drinking water in our supermarkets. Like there's a little bit, but most people, like 99.9% .9 of people just drink tap water. So there is yeah. not a huge supply of bottled water in this world. Just yeah. information. <laughs> yeah, now I can't remember if it is said in England or not. I felt like it, uh, I don't know, actually. Even if it's not said yeah. in England. No. <laughs> there's no, like, you drink, people drink a lot of water. Yes. Like, yeah you're gonna but you also have quick. to like but and then you're all gonna die basically um but she does have to like ration obviously the water too you know so instead of like taking big gulps she like sips and uh instead you know of like just everything i drink a lot of water i drink over a gallon a day but <laughs> I, would, I would not survive very long as well um no but i i try to remember but seriously what happens when you run out of I... water you cannot ration that long i know i'm trying to remember if 
um, this is what happens when you finish a book in the middle of the night and you can't remember like important parts of it. But <laughs> it's, I'm trying to remember <laughs> if there's like a way that they find to purify because I'm pretty sure the government finds a way to purify. Because I think the second book is a lot more scientific versus the first book where it's really, really just survival story and trying to figure stuff out. The second book... Wait, so you're saying that in this story, the government is Help. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, oh, okay. I'm definitely not saying that. Hmm, nice point. I this is say, not that kind I mean, of a fantasy world. Like if you write a story and the government's helpful, it's like the opposite of yeah. Charles Dickens' circulation office. That would be a huge twist. Yeah. No, I can't say that. No. Note to self: Let's write that. No one will expect it. True. Oh um. No, but it is the second book is a lot more scientific in sense that they do figure out more stuff. So I feel like they find a way to purify water or something like that. Um, like I said, don't don't finish books in the middle of the night because then you can't remember anything. And I always just focus on the characters just in general because that's what pulls the story towards me. So I can tell you like what happened to Ruby and them. <laughs> All the other stuff I'm like, meh. <laughs> I have to say that when you like when you told us about this book and like the premise of it, like I was like, wow. And and I love the premise of it, but what you're saying about the whiny character, I am not sure I can deal with that because I yeah. can really I can <laughs> you're, you're really not the only one. <laughs> you are not the only one because if you look at reviews for this book, people do not like Ruby. <laughs> at all. And um I do think that part of it too is the way she's written because we're really, really in her head. And so if you have a whiny character and then you're also like in their head at the same time, it's kind of like a double whammy <laughs> where you're like, okay, cool. I already didn't like you. And then now you're complaining about stuff that don't matter. Go away, you know, kind of thing. Um, so I don't know if I would recommend the book per se, just because um, I think you really have to be in the mood to be tolerant. And but the premise really pulled me enough in enough mm -hmm. that I was like, I need to know what this is. And especially since I read the first book before the show came out. And so I had to reread it and they had to read second book for the podcast. So it's like kind of like it was a new premise for me at that time. Um, and I it was different enough that it made up for the annoyances that I felt towards the character if that makes sense <laughs> yeah and I think I definitely <laughs> want cool. to read it just to like find out how they survive in that world and like how they fix things as it were yeah yeah and you can go through it really fast I mean it's I, I feel like it's a super fast paced book and there's not like especially in the first book there's not a lot of like that scientific inside you know, all that stuff, like all of that comes in the second book. So the first book is like super fast. So, so we have all for all the dying worlds, um, water, basically water contamination, mm -hmm. earthquakes, and the ash, like dinosaur death, you know, right. And then plague. And then with Tess's, it was dark magic mm -hmm. infected the city and, and crumbled it. Yeah, it is interesting, because it, it just can go out so many ways. <laughs> It really can. <laughs> yeah. So many ways. Um, so yeah, so I think we should talk about some other books we were gonna mention in this. For people who love this trope and want more of it, um, we're gonna have some recommendations. Tess, you had a book that you wanted to recommend. 
Yeah, for the um, I have another fantasy dying world uh, book, um, and that is Imitating a Fae Queen by Joanna Reeder. And this one is um, it's kind of similar where like it's the fairy world is dying, so it's not like our world, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like you know a, a dark shade of magic where it's like another another realm. Um, but yeah, the 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 fairy world is dying, and that's impacting the world, and it's impacting the people and magic. Um, so yeah, I think that one's a really good one if you want more of the um, fantasy aspect. It's not like, that's not like what the whole story hinges on. That one's definitely like very character focused and relationship mm-hmm. focused. It's not like, they're, it's not like this racing against time. We got to do this. We got to do that. It's, it doesn't have those like um, pre-apocalyptic fast paced vibes about the dying world. It's, there's so much more going on and I really enjoyed it. It's a, uh, if you like It's a really good mix between, let's say, The Iron King and The Vampire Diaries. Yes. That's like the feels (laughs) that it gives me. That's a perfect, perfect description. Yeah. yeah. So if that's your jam, you'll like it. I really like that one. I I read the first one and the second one. um, And there's also like a prequel floating around. I'm not sure if she still gives that one out. I'm not sure where that one is anymore. But yeah, it's a good series. It is. Uh, Kristen, you had some books. Do you want to talk about? Yeah, I was just thinking the one I'm recommending is somewhat similar to Joanna Reader's in that the um, Fey realm is is the one that's dying, mm-hmm. but it's kind of bleeding out through like this in between world, and um, I think it might affect the mortal realm. But again, it's the same thing where the story it's it's a character driven story. It's a romance um, with the backdrop backdrop of the dying world and that's the reason why the main character is spurred to help because she wants to you know save their people um okay so that one is deal with an elf king by elise kova um and again yeah kind of in the same uh, fey vibe lots of romance feels yeah lots yeah this of, one is a romance. romance i would say it is a romance yes in a fantasy mm-hmm. setting yeah it's definitely more fantasy romance than like romantic fantasy it's if you like mm-hmm. if you're if you want a romance plot it's got a romance plot <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and it has a little bit of like hades and Ooh, persephone yeah, vibes yeah. Yeah. um so that was a little bit different but i i really liked that Okay, so then, and the other one, I have a second one, and this one is sci-fi, and this one is um, basically you're watching (laughs) the world die, and the people are trying to stop it from dying, and um, that one is called uh, Survivor's Club by M.K. Martin. She is my editor for my story, That's and I have read this book. She's very intelligent, and it's a smart read, so, and also... um, she was in the military and so and she's just seen a lot of darkness and so this isn't like a light fun read it's got a lot of dark um it's like dark Mm sci-fi and um but uh i would say definitely dark um and you're watching the world die the characters are amazing um yeah i would say and one little thing um so this is it was published by a small print publisher and one of her characters name is John Courage. And he is um, like the military guy in the story. Okay. And her editor was like, you have to change his name. Like you can't have John Courage <laughs> be your military guy. Like that's too on the nose. And she's like, but I actually met a courage in the military. <laughs> and it's like, I wanted some of his vibes. And I was like, please don't change his name. Like 
I love that his name is John Courage. And it might be, I don't, she probably would have done it anyway, but I was very insistent because <laughs> I just love that character name. So anyway, there is a John Courage and he is not too on the nose. It is the perfect name. <laughs> okay. That's great. So, that's it. Uh, awesome. I'll have to check that out. Alison, what about you? Um, so I'd like to recommend Rising Storm by Kyla Stone, which is, I guess it's an apocalyptic thriller. So it's not fantasy. It's kind of straight up kind of apocalyptic post-apoc. And it doesn't deal a huge amount with the kind of what's happening in the external world aspect. There is like a virus pandemic thing going on, but all the action in the book is centered on this cruise ship, which is taken over by terrorists. And it all does link into the whole dying earth, bad stuff that's going on. Um, but it's very much kind of a thriller first and foremost. And I think it's got maybe four point of view characters. Um, it's young adult. It's really fast paced. Um, really good, fun yeah, read. That sounds fun. Yeah, if you guys ever want to check out any of these books that we're talking about, we do have a bookshop page that links all of them under the title for the episode. So they're easy to find um, and we'll link. Yeah, I'll leave a link in the description and like the show notes and on the website. So there's on the Instagram <laughs> at Reading Queen Spot. <laughs> there's so many places for you to find these links and we make it as easy as possible because we do want you guys to read these books with us and come talk to us about them because... They're just so fun and these tropes are so fun and just to discuss them from like a different point of view, I guess. And yeah, I don't know. I just love it. I love our trope conversations. As you guys know, I say it every single episode. <laughs> I get really excited about it. But next week, uh, Tess will be back actually, but we'll be joined by Joanna and Clary and Allison and Kristen are leaving us, but they'll be back in no time. Soon. <laughs> soon very soon. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so before we go, we just want to talk about what we're reading next. So let's just go around the room and Tess, what is what is on your TBR for this week? Um, so I'm currently reading Queen of Shadows by Sarah J. Moss. I've been slowly making my way through the Throne of Glass series. I finally finished uh, Court of Silver Flame, so I'm feeling like I'm making my way through her um, her books. But I have, I feel, I don't remember if I've mentioned this before, but I've come to peace with the fact that I don't do well with long books unless I take a break. So <laughs> knowing that I'm allowed to take a break in the middle of this book, which it's it's pretty long. I think it's in like the 600s. I'm like reading it faster than I think I've read her other books, but I also think I might just like this book better than I've liked the rest of the series. I love so, that book. I mean, <laughs> that's, really? oh, that's so I haven't actually I've, finished the series. I think I still have maybe books. How many books is it? I have one or two books left to read, but of the ones okay. I have, but of the ones I have read, um, that one is my favorite. Oh, that makes me happy because so far I'm like flying through it and I, re I really like I've liked all the books. But like I said, I've had to take breaks because maybe, you know, that I just need it's just I don't know. I just need to. But so far <laughs> this one, I'm like flying through it and the, the pacing is really good. And yeah, nice. that's what I'm reading. Sweet. Kristen, what about you? Um, I just finished um, An Enchantment of Raven. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that one. And it is it's a, a beautiful book. And um. I am so I'm kind of trying to pick a book so I don't know I don't know what I'm doing next <laughs> I'm, looking at, books. So I'm looking at my TBR and I'm like ooh, oh ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm a mood reader so I'm just gonna have to figure out what yeah. I'm in the mood for I think I might be I, since I just downloaded Stephanie's book ooh. I think I might be in the mood for something thriller-y okay and yeah. fast so I don't know 
Okay. I don't know. I'm looking through it because I also have the shadow between us. Oh, I love that one. Oh my gosh, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. So that one, I I just have. I mean, yeah. I get anxiety looking at my list. I'm like, which one? <laughs> which baby? Right. So I don't know. That's funny, Allison. What about you? Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, I'm reading A Dark Shade of Magic by V. Schwab on ebook Yay. and on audio. I am listening to To Kill a Kingdom by Alexandra Christo. Ooh, that one sounds good. Nice. Yeah, it is. I, I'm enjoying it, but like the protagonist at the moment, like is just not very likable. Like neither of them <laughs> are particularly likable, <laughs> which I think is maybe part of like the vibes of the story and like how it's supposed to go, but. Yeah, I found it a little hard to kind of really engage with them for that reason. But we'll see. I'm still like, I think I'm only about a third of the way through. Um, so plenty of action still to come. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I think I'm going to read The Blade of Secrets next. I actually just Oh, is that another it. Trisha Levenseller? Yes. <laughs> I just bought nice. it. So it came in the mail and I'm like, I think I'm just going to skip over my TBR and just read this because that sounds so I want you so to read good. that one so you can tell me if I should read it. I haven't read. So I, I obviously, as I freaked out a second ago, I loved <laughs> Shadows Between Us. And I haven't read any of your other, her other books. They're all like on my TBR. But like I get like the analysis paralysis. I'm like, do I read that next or do I read yeah. that next? But like just because this one's new, I'm like tempted to like to read it like very soon right so you'll have to tell me how good it is I will have to tell you because that's my whole thing with her too is just like I've been wanting to read her the pirate uh series for so long and I'm like oh no it's okay but then this came out and I'm like wait I think I want to read it now (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I'll read it and I'll let you know what I think about it but yeah Thank you so much for listening to The Reading Queens. Before you go, please take a moment to leave us a review and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And then stay tuned for next week. Happy reading. Bye. Bye. Bye.